0: You found the leadership lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. It's Vic Versero, and I'm so delighted to have you join us today because we have with us a guest that I am really excited about his subject matter expertise, and I'm going to introduce him first, and then we'll kind of unpack the rest of the story. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to introduce you to David Zanola. He's the senior associate faculty at Western Illinois University. So, David, we're so excited to have you. Welcome.
1: Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Looking forward to chatting today.
0: Yeah. Well. There is a there is a gentleman uh, that I'll drop his name is Bird Henry and he's uh, over there at AgriLiquids and um, he's an old friend of mine and he said that you had some great contributions to some meetings uh, that I think you were here in Michigan for and, and so we're so glad to have you uh, as part of this conversation. But before I get into all of the really uh, uh, extra, extra cool stuff, tell me about the cool stuff you're doing right now uh, out at Western Illinois University. What's your role?
1: Uh, So I am on the faculty in the Department of Communication. Uh, So typically I teach a a pretty wide array of courses, the intro courses. uh, Public speaking is obviously a course we use to service the entire university population. But I also teach courses in organizational communication, And then I uh, designed just a little over 12 years ago, I guess, if I've done my math right, a special topics course on the Walt Disney theme parks.
0: Oh, well, and there you there you have it. That's the exciting part that I can't wait to get to. But I want to stay here with you for a second. Uh, Tell me, are you um, uh, did you grow up in Illinois or where's home for you?
1: Yeah, so actually, I grew up just about 20 minutes uh, southwest of the city of Chicago oh. uh, in a small little suburb named Burbank, Illinois. Very few people have ever heard of Burbank, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. when I mentioned some of the surrounding suburbs, they have, and then I moved down to uh, go get my undergraduate degree at Western Illinois University, and I met my wife, and she is from here, and here I am.
0: Well, and how far south is, um, is uh, uh, Western Illinois University in, in the state of Illinois?
1: So Western Illinois University is about four and a half hours uh, southwest of the city of Chicago. So oh right in the tri-state area, if you look at a map, yeah, uh, And you look at a map and you look at where Iowa, Illinois, and Missouri kind of all come together. Yeah. We're about 30, uh, 45 miles uh, east of the Mississippi River.
0: So is that farm country out that way or is it rolling hills? Oh,
1: yes, absolutely. Yeah. Agriculture is is the driving force in the economy around here. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting because I always joke uh, with, with my friends now, who I know who are all in the agriculture field, that when I was a kid growing up in the suburbs... Uh, I only saw a tractor at a museum. Right. And they laugh and they say, are you serious? And I say, yes, but now... All of our closest friends, a bunch of family members. So uh, there's there's nobody that works harder. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, years ago I I, I lived up in a rural area here in Michigan, and and uh, I was asked to go down and give a speech at uh, into some of my friends down in the Detroit area, and um, and I in my speech I talked about you know we really don't we have a lot of differences up here in the Thumb where we live versus down in the city. Matter of fact, you know we really don't have a lot of the traffic issue you guys have. Some of the traffic issues and problems we have. Closest we get to that is when a combine goes through town, Um, and and of course we thought that was funny. You understand what that means, but um, the 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 joke fell flat on the crowd because most of them didn't understand that that a combine takes up most of the two lanes going through a one lane uh, city downtown Main Street. So yeah, (laughs) yeah. So I know exactly the kind of town you're talking about. I'm so glad that uh, you could be a part of this today with us. So tell me, um, uh, you said I think roughly 12 years ago you you kind of jumped. Off into this Disney concept, and tell me what inspired that. What got you thinking that way? That you thought maybe I need to spend a little time here um, developing this this Disney discussion.
1: Yeah, so we've always been. I grew up a fan of the Disney parks. Probably went maybe three times as as a child. And uh, my wife and I, when we got married uh, back in two thousand and one, we decided to go to Walt Disney World on our honeymoon, and we wanted to do something different. And so we took one of the backstage tours. They kind of give you all the secrets about the
0: operation yeah, of how
1: yeah. the Magic Kingdom theme park runs. So as a teacher, I'm always looking for good examples of things. I'll be sitting in a movie theater or I'll be watching a television show, and I'll think to myself, That's, that would be a really good episode to use to talk about this, because I'm always trying to help my students apply material. Yeah. So as I was on this tour, and the more they were telling us, I went, that's a really good example of this concept that I talk about in my class. And that's a really good example here. And as I kept saying that, my my wife kind of jokingly said something like, gee, you find enough content here or something along those lines. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, I went, oh, you know, actually, <laughs> I wonder if there is. So I get back to campus and I start basically developing just an end of semester, kind of a lighter unit that they've you know, never done before that is not in the book, that is a let me show you how all this stuff we've talked about for now four months, you can actually see it outside of the book in a setting that you've never thought you'd see it in before. Mm. So I developed this one unit and taught it for a couple of years, and then I got a letter in my mailbox on campus one day from the Honors College, works with the top 5% of the student population, and it says, if you ever wanted to try a dream course, we're the ones to try it with. So <laughs> I developed my syllabus and planned everything, and you know I have to give a reading list and all these other ideas for what my learning objectives will be. I proposed it, and they asked me to change the course uh, completely uh, uh, from what I was originally designing it to be, and it ended up resulting in a, why don't you not only teach the class, but travel with them? And I said, wasn't well, even aware I could do that, but if I could,
0: let's do it. Let's do here we it. Are uh, just about 12 <laughs> years later. That's so cool. Man, I can't wait to hear the rest of this story, and I'm so glad, David, you joined us today. So glad you tuned in to the Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. We're going to be right back.
2: Now hiring? Capital Area Michigan Works can assist you with your hiring needs, all at no cost. From large scale hiring assistance to locating the right candidate for a hard to fill position, Capital Area Michigan Works is your resource. We offer creative solutions from career fairs to on the job training grants and scholarship programs to make sure you have the best and brightest employees. Visit our website at www.camw.org to learn more about how we can assist your business with its hiring needs.
0: You found the Michigan Business Network here on the Leadership Lowdown. This is Vic Versero today with a guest all the way out from Western Illinois University, David Zanola, and he's a senior associate faculty. And of course, I'm I'm uh, I'm, I'm so excited to hear about uh, this whole thing. Got started on your Disney uh, expertise and some of the things that happened. And and as you kind of started to build this thing, it seemed like it just immediately came together. But were there were there initial challenges or things you thought, oh, that doesn't work. So so good or, or things that, wow, this is just unbelievable how hungry people are for this. So take me back to those, those early steps into this process and, and what some of your goals were to, uh, in, in doing this.
1: Yeah, so I got uh, obviously thrown into this a little more quickly than I expected because I was approved to do the course, but the trick was with a course that involved travel through the university, I had to present a budget. And as somebody teaching a course, I never had to do that before. I just taught my course and I did what I did. And they said, yep, your budget is due in about two weeks. (laughs) And I thought to myself, all right, so we're coming up on spring break. So last minute I planned a trip and went down to Walt Disney World by myself (laughs) for about a week and almost did the equivalent of a dry run of my course and looked at how were crowds, what would they be, where would I take them, how long would it actually take if I was walking my students around and we were discussing things, what what rides and attractions would be good uh, to be able to pull out some learning moments for them. And so when I then ran that the actual class the next year, it was very helpful because it was almost as if some of the things the student said, did you know that was going to happen? Did you know that this was going to take place? <laughs> and I said I didn't, but that initial dry run made it so that I wasn't just winging it when I was actually taking you down. Awesome. I've been to Disney World plenty of times yeah. on our honeymoon but leading a group of students to try to say, let's have class inside of a Disney theme park is totally different than doing it when you're planning a vacation yeah. with
0: your family. And no one could call that a honeymoon at all. So <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. So when you, this, when you get this going, so um, what's interesting to me is that I, I guess I got to ask, w- 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 did, did Disney go, oh, this is awesome. Come on down and have a class. Or no, this is like, hey, do whatever you want. Just stay out of the way and pay your, pay your entrance to the, to the park and be on with it. W- was there any cooperation at all?
1: Uh, there was somewhat, uh, partially from the department that led tours uh, in terms of the backstage tour. They didn't do anything special for us, but I was able to at least meet with the tour guide that morning and be able to say, "Hey, is this something that you're, you know, that uh, we need to let you know how this is working? Here's my class. Here's what they know, because when they do those tours, they're typically a 100 level introduction to the backstage operations of the theme parks. So mm-hmm. I was able to tell them, just so you know. You've got a group of 15 students, 12 students that are not at a 100 level. They are probably at a 300 level that they know the values and the mission statement mm-hmm. and the action statements. Of this organization, probably just as well as some of your frontline employees do, if not better, yeah. because I've been drilling them on it week by
3: week, <laughs> right.
1: and so they were their their eyes always kind of lit up. Partially because you have the students asking more questions and participating than you probably would a normal tour group.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. I've been on that tour. I, I think it's the same tour. I've been on that backstage tour, and it's really uh, exciting to me. You know, it's where you learn that that truly the the main park that everybody sees is actually the second story of Disney world and so it's there's just a lot of different things that you have takeaway but i can imagine that when you come through the door with that kind of uh, level of of interest and uh, uh information from your students got to be something pretty exciting and you, you can't send uh, a novice uh, um a tour guide either for something like that you've got to they got to know the game correct yeah well when you when you did this where did you stay down there uh, did you stay on disney properties so we didn't the first few years,
1: actually. Uh, the first, well, yes and no. So the first couple of years, we actually stayed at the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin, which sure. are on Disney property, but not technically Disney-owned. Right. And then once the course got a little bigger, but also at the same time, uh, the economy kind of made some changes, we had to end up uh, trying to limit our budget a little bit. And so we just stay at whatever one of the value resorts is that we can find that will meet our budget, partially because I have them in the parks. Yeah, 8, 9, 10, 11 hours a day. And so when they're in the parks that much, I just need to get them a clean place to sleep and they can still go to the pool on their off day. And we are in the parks learning most every day.
0: Wow. Yeah. So it isn't, you're not going to call this some junket trip. There's going to be some real takeaways and some other things that, that are going to happen because you got to be pretty serious about that. So I, I have to tell you, there was a there was a t- a traveling uh, Disney-principled uh, kind of class that was out and about that they take on the road. That's not what this is, though. This is a more in-depth study of all things Disney uh, in Orlando, Florida, um, uh, not affiliated with those other uh, roadshow things that Disney does, right?
1: Correct. So basically my course revolves around the communication culture of the Walt Disney Parks. So what is the way of life like in that company in terms of their values, their missions, you know, all of the things that uh, Peters and Waterman would have talked about in their seminal book called In Search of Excellence that we use some readings from, right? How How do they do... Life in that company, you and I could both talk about what life is like in our houses with our families and and how we live, how we communicate with each other how we uh, how we celebrate with each other. Well, what happens when you are a massive company forty three square miles wide in Orlando alone with you know seventy five thousand employees pre pandemic how How does that work? How do you operate that organizational culture to not just function? But to function extremely effectively to be known as one of the 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 most popular and most successful entertainment companies on the planet.
0: Well, and it's a tall charge, especially for somebody trying to teach that and, and do it inside of a window like that. And of course it's a tall charge for us to get this all in here today, but I'm so glad you're with us, David. And we're so glad you tuned into the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Vercherot. We'll be right back.
3: The workplace keeps changing and successful companies
1: recognize and embrace change through choice, adaptability and innovation. DBI offers affordable furniture solutions for countless workspace options that will enhance the performance of your people and organization. DBI helps customers reach their workplace goals from improving worker effectiveness and innovation to brand expression. DBI is your office furniture partner. Learn more at DBIGuests.com.
0: Welcome back to Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Versiero with our special guest David Zanola. He is a senior associate faculty member um, out at Western Illinois University, and he has probably what amounts to the coolest job in America. Let's just put it. Let's just put it out there, David. Um, you got you've got such a neat thing to be able to talk about and to help people understand all things Disney. And of course, um, part of what we're looking for in this are young men and women in college that are t- having takeaway. moments Moments on what can I learn from the Disney experience and the Disney culture? Because um, I have a, a number of examples and things that I I can talk about. But when you when you uh, in the last segment mentioned culture, my head kind of snapped around a little bit because culture to me is a difficult thing to build. And when you have this size of an organization, um, it can almost be impossible. And let me just back up for a second every company has culture. My point is building the culture that you want to have is a difficult task. And so Disney has a very specific plan and has done some things in culture. Can you help us understand um, the challenges and some of the successes there?
1: Yeah. So what I think is interesting to note about the Disney parks specifically, and obviously the Disney company is massive now, right? Now, Marvel and Lucasfilm and ABC television and ESPN, but we typically just focus on the parks. But the idea is, is when you're thinking about this concept of culture, it's important to know what you would look at to to find out these things. Because the principles that I try to tell my students are, and whenever I speak, it's not just the idea that, okay, this is the culture but more importantly, can you learn principles from that culture to then take to your own? As a student who might be a theater student or a nursing student, or if you're working in the healthcare field, right? If there are principles that are successful in terms of creating a successful way of life organizationally, well, then you should technically be able to apply those in some way. In your organization and in your daily life, you may not use the exact same values as the Disney company, and your mission may be drastically different based on whatever field of business you are in, but the point remains the same, understanding who you are and what is important in terms of creating that way of life that should be transferable to any field. And that's the argument I make to my students on day
0: one. i got to tell you, that is just absolutely pure gold. Um, David, this is one of the challenges I see in business that I've watched for a lot of years. And as I think about these things, I get people going, yeah, well, that's this business or that's that industry. It's different over here. And I I have said for a number of years that, that that's ridiculous. Every single one of us are competing against Disney or competing against any other company that has uh, customer service and great culture and dynamic things going on. And so you just hit the nail on the head because I think how short-sighted it is for people to actually look at something like this and go, yeah, well, that's a theme park and in, in a vacation destination. Of course, that's the happiest place on the earth. That's different than where I live. And so what you're telling me is you're coaching these people to think about applying this to their industry, the lessons they're learning from a theme park uh, and company like Disney, correct?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think that when you think about Disney, if somebody makes the argument and says, I'm not Disney, my typical counterpoint to that is the only three differences between you and Disney are the money Disney has, the amount of employees Disney has that they call cast members, and the space they have at the theme parks. Other than that, the principles they are using to operate with those you know seventy thousand plus cast members is not any different than you would operate with a staff of twenty people necessarily. You're, it's going to be should be easier technically for you to employ mm, some yeah. of those principles than it would be for Disney to figure out how do we manage training thousands and thousands of employees? How do we manage making sure that they are consistent in how they are executing our values? On a daily basis, they've got the hard job. If we can say, "Look how much they have simplified that," we should be in good shape, no matter how big our business is.
0: Well, David, I got to ask you. So, so tell me, when you think about building culture, bigger bigger has got to be tougher than in a smaller organization. But are there some are there some keys to no matter how big your organization, this is what you've got to do to make the culture thing uh, stand up and sing.
1: Yeah, I think it's important, and this is what Disney has talked about, or what what Disney seems to be really good at, is this concept of accountability, and accountability for those both in leadership as well as on the front line, that the they're not held to different standards, that it doesn't matter how much you are making, you are still held to the same mission statement, you are still expected to uphold the same values and live out the same action statements whether you are making six figures or more or whether you are making that minimum wage, that hourly salary, you know, sweeping streets in the park. And that was something that was a foundational concept from the beginning of the Disney parks, to be honest with you, back in 1955, when Disneyland opened uh, out in California, it's not really any different. It's that we need to make sure that we stay consistent and that we are intentional about how we do this. And that's one of the biggest things that I take away from the Disney parks in terms of their culture and their operations is intentionality is at every single turn.
0: Wow, that's really cool. I can't wait to get to get into this deeper with you. David, you're you really kind of sparking, I think, a lot of great things. And anybody that's tuned in that wants to try to figure it out to make uh, the future what they want it to be, it doesn't happen by accident. Um, if you want it to be uh, something special, you've got to put that in right at the very beginning and make a conscious effort to it and be intentional about it. Just love that. David, so glad you took time out to be with us today. So glad you tuned in to the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. This is Vic Bergero. We'll be right back. Michigan This is the Michigan Business Network here on the Leadership Lowdown. We've got with us a very special guest and an expert in all things Disney, David Zanola. He is a senior associate faculty member of Western Illinois University. And so David, in our last segment, we talked about intentionality. And I really thought that was kind of a, a neat process for us to jump into because um, like I say, I, I, I you and I haven't had a chance to talk about this, but I truly believe every single organization has a culture. It's a matter of whether you have the culture you want or you design or it's the maximized culture to be what you want to be in the marketplace. So when I think about your comments about being intentional, to me that was really interesting. So are there some intentional examples that you you see at Disney parks or that you see Disney do that you could show us and maybe we can relate it to what we do?
1: Yeah, so I think a couple of the things that Disney is very intentional about, one of them is what they would call service recovery. Uh, and the concept is, is that, all right, so something is going to go wrong. You're never going to be able to build a perfect experience. But how are you going to make sure that as you are recovering, that you are figuring out how to take care of those people if things don't go exactly as you've planned? There are stories all over the Internet of when things happen, how Disney responds. One of my favorite ones uh, is a woman who brought her son Uh, to Walt Disney World uh, in in late September, early September, uh, 2001, because the son really wanted to meet Buzz and Woody from the Toy Story movies. Well, as we all know, the morning of September 11th, uh, some some things happened in our country that necessitated those theme parks to be shut down, and they were evacuated in about 45 minutes. And this woman says in this blog, and again, I'm loosely telling this story, but uh, basically her son was devastated. Well, what ended up happening is the Disney ends up sending around characters to the different resorts because people were holed up at their resorts because they couldn't go to the theme parks, they couldn't travel home. And there's a picture of her son meeting Buzz and Woody in the lobby of this resort because Disney has this principle of, look, something went wrong. How can we try to fix that? right? It is providing that recovery. And I think if a lot of our businesses would think that way, Uh, there's a principle that's kind of Disney famous now that I love to talk about whenever I speak to groups. And it's this principle that Disney has that it may not be our fault, but it is our problem.
0: Oh, wow. And
1: if all companies, I don't care if it's my local fast food place, I don't care if it's a gas station, and I don't care if it's the truck stop that I drive to, if it's where I get my, you know, clothes dry cleaned. If that principle is followed in all of our businesses, and it seems kind of uh really out there to be able to accomplish but what if we thought about yeah Having that, that philosophy and I try to follow that even in education
0: that is so cool and it 's so powerful you know and it explains I you know my, my Disney experiences hasn't happened to me but I 've been told and I want to maybe validate it with you uh, you show up to the, to the Disney parks you're all excited the family screaming everybody wants to get out they rush out they look for what tram they're going to get on to try to get up to the park everybody's excited is there, do I have everybody everybody's holding hands do you get everything out of the car okay off we go and we get down there and of course we go have a fantastic day at the park and at the end of the day we come out of the park we find our car and unfortunately we forgot that we left the keys in it and the car was running and so the car's been running all day till it ran out of gas and i've i've been told that disney has a special team that shows up uh to help uh, stranded travelers to feel their car and get them started on their way again and after a day like that you're tired and everything else that's got to be a godsend so those are the kind of things you're talking about disney doesn't need to do that you're outside the park man have a nice day but here they go and, and uh, try to help fix it so uh have you ever have you have you heard of that particular uh service uh, level
1: Yeah, actually, to tell you the truth, we could do an entire podcast, Vic, on just the parking operations (laughs) at the park in terms of how much intentionality there is there. One of my uh, good friends, colleagues, and podcasting partner, his name is Jeff Kober, uh, he actually writes in one of his books telling about that process that not only will they help with your car in that instance, but they actually started to log based on the request of the people driving the trams. They started logging which parking lot they filled At what time on a certain day so that if you get out at night and you forgot where you parked, you just tell the person working, well, I arrived around this time and they can check the charts and say, oh, "Oh, well, we were filling this lot at this time and they can drive you over there and and help you find your car at that point. Because as you said, end of the day, tired, carrying who knows how many children and souvenirs or both. Uh, that's exactly not the time that you want to be worried about. Are you kidding that I can't find my car? Ugh. And so, yeah, there, there's there's some great stories there in terms of how Disney works to provide service recovery.
0: Well, and I think it's just it's pretty pretty extraordinary when you think about those kind of levels of of service. And in and, and man, I I think you said it all. It may not be our fault, but it is our problem. And I think. I think that's the kind of thing that people come alongside and all people want to know, we have an old saying before they, they care how much, you know, they want to know how much you care. And, and I think they're right there uh, is a classic example of how Disney shows that they, that they care about you. If you're a customer of theirs and they're going to take care of that, even if it's not their fault. Wow. That's worth the price of admission right there. Thanks so much, David, for, uh, for sharing that. Thanks for joining us. And thanks for being here on the leadership lowdown. We'll be right back after we pay some bills.
2: Now hiring? Capital Area Michigan Works can assist you with your hiring needs, all at no cost. From large scale hiring assistance to locating the right candidate for a hard to fill position, Capital Area Michigan Works is your resource. We offer creative solutions from career fairs to on the job training grants and scholarship programs to make sure you have the best and brightest employees. Visit our website at www.camw.org to learn more about how we can assist your business with its hiring needs.
0: you're here on the Michigan Business Network tuning in to the leadership lowdown thanks so much for joining us thanks so much for David Zanola being with us he's a senior associate faculty member at Western Illinois University and I'm just I'm mentally I've gone to Orlando right now and I'm having the time of my life because David you're sharing some great things with us about uh, one of the most trusted and respected brands uh, that we have in American history so when you talk about this uh, I wonder um, are there some other principles and some other areas that that, uh, that you like to zero in on, uh, in, especially in your class, and some of the takeaways for us.
1: Yeah, one of the, the, the principles that I typically like to, to teach about, and we also focus a lot when we are on the ground in the theme parks, is a principle that uh, my, my colleague and friend Jeff Kober writes about in his book that we use as a, as a textbook for our class called Transact- it's transactions versus interactions. In other words, he argues that Disney focuses on helping their cast members understand that when you are working with or encountering a guest, you know, what they call a customer, that you shouldn't focus on a thing, which is a transaction, right? You buy a pen, you pay them for the pen, they're very nice, they smile, they hand you the pen back in a bag and you have a great day. Right? And everything was fine, no problems with customer service, but that was about the thing. That was about the exchanging the money for the thing he argues that instead they encourage their their employees to focus on interactions which focus on a person. And so what can their employees do to interact with you so that you have that opportunity to be wowed by the Disney customer service model. The the employees will get down on their knees and kind of make sure that they're at eye level with the kids and yeah. they'll ask them about their day and they'll spend this time some cases it's just 5 minutes they call them take fives but it's just a little bit of time to focus on interaction and those are the stories that my kids remember the most if yeah. you were to talk to my children and get them on this on this show they would remember the stories of them having some of those amazing interactions with cast members not a souvenir that they purchased
3: Wow,
0: and that's really, if you think about it, I mean that's what my family's gone to is is uh, instead of big, big Christmases, we have big, big memories so we spend a lot of money going around the world and in, in different places and uh, matter of fact, we've got a trip to Disney coming up in May that we're excited about with the whole no- notion that that uh, making memories is what is what's so big and so fabulous I love what you mentioned about transaction versus interaction, can you, tell, can you help me with that in, in and other business applications where, where, as you're coaching your students, what are some other ways that you can, that you can work through that? Cause that, that's thinking brilliant.
1: Well, I actually think that we are fortunate enough that myself living in a rural area, living in a small town, we're about 2,800 people. Yep. Uh, I think that this is what I love in, in our case about small town living is I can go into our local uh, shop where we get our tires rotated and our oils changed. And they know me and they ask about me and we talk about our favorite baseball team. They ask how my family is. They'll come get my car from my house. Uh, and growing up in the city, that, that was not the case, right? When my wife and I uh, bought our first house uh, and, and we were basically paying off another loan to do that, the person who was our mortgage lender who was working with us said, I'm going to be walking past that bank on my lunch break today. I can go deposit this check for you if you want. And it's that him knowing us on that personal level that makes such a difference because I know these people, I see these people at all times, and it really shows me the difference that it makes to have those personal connections with the people that you are doing business with. It's not just a trust issue, it's a matter of, I know these people and they know me and I matter to them, and I know that that sounds uh, very touchy-feely nowadays in terms of, yeah, but is that realistic? But I think Disney has shown that it matters. Uh, Even during this pandemic, people are, are, are going to Disney. They opened back up in Florida in the middle of July of last year because people want that connection. They want to be made to feel like they are special and that never really gets
0: old. Yeah, never. And I think that's really interesting because when you when you think about some of the challenges that that happened uh, through some of the pandemic issues, one of the things that I think we we notice is is um, the the shop local and try to support your local uh, restaurants and different things. You know, it, it just it's it's one of those things that just. It kills me. I can't do anything about it, I don't think. But, you know, um, uh, people tend to shop online. They tend to, uh, um, you know, do all the different things that they don't necessarily think about the impact to local economy. And, boy, what a difference it makes when you, when you think local, shop local, and, and then um, people treat you different. When that's gone, it's gone, and, and it's pretty special to be able to, to, to have those kind of memories. And you're right, that, that's the beautiful part about being in a small town.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's one of those things too. One of one of the other hats I wear is I'm also the owner in a travel agency, and we often try to, or a lot of times, try to emphasize the fact that when you are booking with a person, you are book that person is helping you with your trip and is customizing that trip, and it's that transaction versus interaction. Yeah, you can book something online by by clicking purchase or clicking book, and you're going to pay for it, and you're going to get that price, and your trip might be fine. But there's a difference in that's, that's very impersonal. That's a I say, I clicked it, it's a transaction, I paid my money, I'm doing this trip. I can meet with my clients via Zoom, talk with them over the phone, they have my contact information, and I can say, I want to build you something that meets the needs of your family. Because yeah. one family of four and one fa- another family of four, they can have the exact same ages of people traveling in that party, and they want entirely different things out of a vacation. But so But by true. me yeah. interacting with them... I'm able to figure out what can I build to meet your need.
0: Well, I love it, and I, th- I think that's the big thing about standing out, being different and being more than transactional. So, man, I'm so glad you booked us, David, for uh, today's program. We're so glad you tuned in to Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Verschereau. We'll be right back.
2: You can listen to the Michigan Business Network on SoundCloud, iTunes, on the smartphone app, and on its website at www.MichiganBusinessNetwork.com.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. You found the Leadership Lowdown, and we found David Zanola. He is a senior associate faculty at Western Illinois University. David, I can't thank you enough. There's so many, I think, just absolutely sparkling gems um, that you've shared with us today that I, I think are really fun for any of us in business outside of the Disney empire. Um, when, I, when I was thinking about this, you know, you've you've said, I think you said 12 years ago you got started with this concept, and it was kind of... A, a a unique kind of what-if thing. But now after all these years, have you had some moments where students in, uh, have circled back maybe after they graduated or maybe students in your classes have said, holy cow, this is really uh, a game changer for me? Anything like that that comes to mind?
1: Yeah, I think the best moments for that are probably the same moments that, that any teacher would would use or cite as examples. It's when a couple of years later, yeah. a student who has long gone from college that has taken the class will say something or reach out to me, and they will say, I still have my notes from your class. I still talk about my class. Uh, one of them, actually, that was a former student in my class, opened up a small boutique in the small town that I live in, and she has mentioned how she uses some of those principles and some of those ideas <laughs> uh, that we talk about in our class in opening up her own small business. And those are things that at the time I'm not really shooting for, but when all the things we talked about in terms of the intentional process of the Disney culture that I try to make come alive for them in a, in, in a theme park classroom, those are the really things that make you, make you say, oh, all right, so that went well, and I'm so glad that stuff stuck because as teachers, that's what we want, not just to stick for those four months. Yeah. but for years afterwards hopefully they can connect something
0: yeah it's it's just so interesting you know and i think that as i think about some of my um, uh, experience uh different institutes i've gone to and things that i've been a part of um related to the disney culture i rem- i remember this whole transactional versus versus um, uh, uh, interaction, right? So uh, the the old story of uh, standing out in the ice cream uh, stand line for 20-30 minutes, uh, hot weather, finally you get your ice cream cone, you hand it off to your four-year-old son who's there just in in complete amazement of of the area, and he walked back outside in the heat, he's holding the ice cream cone at a 90 degree angle and it certainly, it plops off right onto the sidewalk, and now he's crying, you're upset as a Dad, because because that was a twenty dollar ice cream cone, and you're yeah. and so you're all angry, and so what happens is the custodian that's told that's been told that Walt Disney wants a clean park, um, he rushes over, but he doesn't sweep up the ice cream. He what he first does is he gets a hold of the ice cream shop and he says, "Get me a butter brickle out here, stat!" And they come bouncing out the back door of that place, hand off the ice cream cone. Dad asks if he wants if he can pay for it. They say, "No, go on your way and have a magical day." And then the the custodian and cleans up the ice cream the point is is that it's all about making the experience good and so disney lost money on that transaction but in this case you made a memory and a, and a lifelong rabid fan for the rest of their lives so what you're sharing is just an amazing thing and it does not belong to disney uh, it belongs to anybody that wants to give and and maintain excellent customer service you know um uh your 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 whole concept here david is such a inspiration to me and to others that are listening. And I'm really glad that you uh, took time to share it with us. But I I need to make sure that I understand you have a travel organization. And does it specialize uh, in Disney vacations? Is that true?
1: So we actually, our agents sell all kinds of different destinations from cruises, all inclusive Europe and everything. But, um, by myself as an agent, Disney would be my specialty, obviously. uh, Hopefully you can tell from our talking. Yeah. And so, uh, so yes, as an, as an agent and an owner, uh, I do specialize primarily in Disney vacations of, of all types. I've led groups to the parks in Asia. Uh, I've done, uh, taken Disney cruises and, and have, uh, led groups on those. And then obviously the theme parks as well. And
0: and can I get the same price from you that I get everywhere else? Is that so I I don't, it doesn't cost me any more money to do business with you, right?
1: It does not cost you a penny extra and you get the value of having an expert uh, on your side, figuring out how to meet the needs of your family's vacation. And in fact, uh, a lot of our agents actually will give their, their clients a little something extra as a special thank you as a booking incentive for booking with me. So in most cases, you're actually saving money and time by booking with somebody who specializes in Disney travel, like myself or one of my agents, and,
0: and some great value. So, before I run out of time, tell me about how they contact you uh, for your di- for your business uh, vacation business planning.
1: Sure. So they can just email me. It's my last name Z a n o l l a at o t d travel dot com, which stands for Out the Door Travel. Or they can always just find me or any of our agents on our website at OutTheDoorTravel.com. Nice. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram at uh, out the Door Travel with David Zanola.
0: Now, David, before I run out of time, I'm almost there. Um, tell me um, if they want to book you to come in and talk to their organization, their association, their company, teams about uh, Disney and some of the concepts you talked about here today. You're available for that too, right? Would they use the same yep. contact information?
1: Yes, they can absolutely email me at the same email address, zanola at otd.travel.com, and I will handle things from there, and I'm ready to, to get back out on the road and start doing some of those things again, uh, as I was actually doing all the way up until last February.
0: Right, right. Gosh, David, thanks so much. Uh, you, you really had a wonderful time to experience in terms of sharing stuff with us. I've got a full page of notes here. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me, Vic. Thanks for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I can't wait to talk to you again next time. Take care.